episode number 182 of the Living Deliberately Together podcast. Hi, this is Shira Gura. Welcome to my podcast. If you're new to me, just so that you know who you're listening to, I am a well-being coach and creator of the Unstuck Method and the Clear Way, two groundbreaking self-help tools that promote your emotional health and well-being. I'm the author of the books, Getting Unstuck, Five Simple Steps to Emotional Well-Being, and The Clear Way, Five Simple Steps to Be Mentally Prepared for Anything. Through my coaching, courses, and community, I guide people to get clear on what they want and get unstuck from what's holding them back so that they can go on living more deliberately. Thank you so much for choosing to be with me today, and now for today's episode. Hello, my dear listeners, and thank you so much for joining me today. I received a lot of responses to last week's episode on the most important thing in your life. I received many responses from people who shared with me that they never really considered their emotional health or mental health to be the most important thing. And after listening to the episode, they took it into consideration. And by the way, Something I wanted to mention last week that I forgot to mention was to just elaborate a little bit more on why I find the medical model for mental health problematic. Basically, the reason I find it problematic is that if the medical model claims that I'm healthy, right, that I'm mentally healthy, that's because I don't have a medical mental diagnosis, I don't have borderline personality, I'm not clinically depressed, I don't have bipolar disorder, and all of that. So basically, it means I'm healthy, which often assumes that if you're mentally healthy, you don't need to do anything to stay healthy, or you don't need to do anything to simply be happy because you're quote-unquote healthy. And I just want to reiterate that this couldn't be farther from the truth. Just because someone doesn't have a mental diagnosis doesn't mean they don't get stuck. It doesn't mean they don't have issues in their life. It doesn't mean they don't have difficulties. I am mentally healthy, but it's because I invest in my emotional well-being. I have a coach, just to mention one way, and that helps me maintain my mental health. It's not just because I don't have a medical disorder that I am mentally healthy, but it's because I continuously am focusing on getting myself unstuck and getting clear and living deliberately. In fact, since recording last week's episode, I've been thinking about the concept of addictions and how most people maybe think of addictions like, you know, being addicted to cocaine or something really strong, something like only mentally ill people do. But I've really been thinking about how many people I know, how many, again, quote unquote, healthy people have addictions that seem so normal that they probably don't even realize the addictions that they have, like being addicted to overeating or being addicted to social media or even being addicted to one's cell phone. I watched a movie last week with my daughter. It was on Netflix called The Social Dilemma, and I highly recommend watching it. There was one scene in the movie, it was a family, and the mother decided that she was going to make this new rule that you can't have cell phones at the dinner table. 
which of course that was something that the family wasn't used to doing. And the scene was so poignant because basically it was really, 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 really difficult, especially for one of the kids who basically was so addicted to her phone that she had to leave the table mid-dinner to get her phone back and get back on her phone. And I'm assuming that kid probably doesn't have a mental diagnosis, but wow, she definitely was experiencing emotional issues in that scene. So that's what my point of the episode was. It was to highlight how important our emotional health and well-being is. I also received other responses, including this one from Lori from Pennsylvania, who gave me permission to share this. She said, I enjoyed listening to your episode. However, I feel like you implied, and maybe I'm mistaken, that your response to the question, mental health, was really the right answer. I agree with you that emotional well-being will help you cope with the loss of anything. However, the question wasn't if you could choose one thing to have, what would it be? It was asking, what one thing do people value most? And I think everyone's answers are valid. And to be honest, if I could give up a little bit of my mental stability to have my dad back, I might actually choose that. That's just my two cents. Thank you so much for this, Lori. I really, really appreciate your sharing. Yes, for sure, everyone's answers were valid. My hope, again, with this episode was to shine some light on an idea that perhaps some people don't usually put much thought into, or maybe they just take for granted. I know I do sometimes, even often, because I do believe one's emotional well-being is the basis for everything, and so it's so worth investing in. I certainly didn't mean for it to be a trick question, and your words about your dad really touched my heart. Thank you for sharing. I am truly grateful. So if you didn't have a chance to listen to last week's episode, I invite you to tune in. Okay, so last month I facilitated a challenge inside of my private community on Facebook, and there were so many insights, and I mentioned that I'll be sharing some of them with you in future episodes. But what I would like to share with you today is why someone would want to participate in a group challenge, and specifically, why would you want to join a 30-day challenge, which is what I've been doing and I plan to continue doing in my private community. The first challenge I led was an open challenge, and each participant chose a way of being they were committing to being for the month. So like one person committed to being loving, another person committed to being friendly, another person committed to being accepting. And as we went through the month, I prompted the members of the community in terms of getting unstuck and getting clear and, of course, living deliberately with what it was they chose to commit themselves to. Next month, in the month of November, we're going to be doing another challenge together based on the book called The Miracle Morning. This challenge focuses on how you start your day and offers a formula to consciously create a morning routine that really sets a tone for the rest of your day. This routine has physical, emotional, and spiritual aspects to it, and I have to tell you 
this book and this concept of creating a miracle morning is one of the things that has really been a huge force of change in my life in terms of how I start my mornings, which of course affects my days. And because this concept impacted my life so powerfully, I want to bring this to my community, which is what we're going to be focusing on during the whole month of November. And if you are not in my community, this would be a terrific time to do so. After this month, my plan is to continue offering challenges each month inside of my community, gratitude challenges, forgiveness challenges, love challenges, joy challenges, and much more. And I honestly can't wait to get that going. I have a feeling it's really going to be a powerful aspect of this group. So I want to take some time today and share with you seven reasons why I think group challenges are so valuable and why I really want to encourage you to join my community so that you can take a part in all of this amazing work. So number one, challenges set you going. I don't know about you, but many people have ideas or intentions about making changes in their lives, but they don't ever get around to doing it. Something else always seems to take priority or there's some excuse that comes up. When you participate in a challenge, it gets you going and it focuses your attention on that one thing. So let's say, for instance, you've really been wanting to bring a little bit more love into your life or into a relationship. When you participate in that challenge, the the one where we focus on being loving, it ignites something within you to get the ball rolling. Number two, challenges open your mind. They take you out of your comfort zone. They take you out of fear that you can't do something and into a belief that things are possible. Challenges inspire you to be courageous and to take safe chances with things. Challenges, in my opinion, make you feel alive. They make you think more and reflect more about your life, what's going on in your life, and if the way you're living your life is the way that you really want to be living it. A forgiveness challenge, for example, is a great challenge that can take you out of your comfort zone and into a place of freedom that perhaps you've never thought possible in your life. Number three, challenges lead to self-confidence. When you dare to try something new and you succeed, It gives you confidence that you can do that same thing again and again. And challenges do that because they literally challenge you to dare and try new things. Any of the challenges I lead, whether it's a joy challenge or a calm challenge or a satisfaction challenge, they lead you to this feeling of confidence that you are powerful and you can truly create whatever it is that you want. Number four, challenges inspire you. When you participate in a challenge with other people, the people participating share their experiences, most of which tend to be positive and exciting and inspirational, and they inspire you to try new things or look at things from a different perspective. I can only tell you from my personal experience, when I work with my clients and they share with me how they are living deliberately, 
how they are getting unstuck, how they're getting clear in their life, it totally inspires me. In fact, I think there's nothing in my life that inspires me more than my clients and how they show up in life and how they're creating the shifts in their lives that they're looking to create. Number five, challenges give you accountability and support. When you participate in a challenge inside of a community like mine, you get this sense of accountability for showing up and doing the work. And when you share any experience that you have throughout the month, there is such a warm sense of support from the other community members who are doing the challenge alongside with you. Number six, when you participate in a challenge inside of my community, it offers you a sense that you're not alone and that you are part of something greater. Participating in a letting go or a release challenge, for example, can be challenging. Sometimes we feel that we are the only ones in the world going through a certain situation, like holding a grudge towards someone that we've been holding on to for years and years. But when you do a challenge like this within a group, you simply feel like you're not alone. And that is enormous. Number seven, challenges offer rewards in your life. And the greatest reward that I see that you can receive from a challenge is that of your own personal evolution. Challenges help you grow in infinite ways. You don't come out of challenges the same way that you go into them. You grow and evolve. And to me, that's one of the main reasons we're here on this earth to continue evolving ourselves to the next best version of ourselves. So there you have it, the seven reasons why I love to participate in group challenges and why I have decided to create challenges inside of my private community moving forward. This coming month, as I mentioned, the month of November is going to be focused on the miracle morning. And then each month moving forward, we'll be focusing on a way of being so we can stretch ourselves and transform ourselves into the people we truly want to become. And I cannot wait to do this with you. If you are not yet a member of my private community, I warmly welcome you in. Head over to my website and enroll in the Living Deliberately Blueprint. That is what offers you free access to my community. To me, there is nothing more powerful than community. If you are not on Facebook, or if you prefer to do this work with me one-on-one, please reach out to me via email so we can speak about the possibility of me partnering with you as a coach so I can support and guide you along your personal journey. Thank you so much for tuning in today, wishing you a wonderful rest of your week, and as always, I look forward to living deliberately together with you. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Living Deliberately Together podcast. It is my honor and privilege to be able to show up here each week for you. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to start applying this work to your life, you have to check out the Living Deliberately Blueprint. It's my online self-paced course, which will teach you my tools and everything you need to know about living deliberately and actually manifesting it. Head over to my website now, shiragura.com, for more details. 
I look forward to starting this journey with you.